we're still doing hymn stories, and uh, it's Christmas time. Not sure if you're aware, uh, but it's only 15 days until Christmas. Uh, is everybody ready for Christmas? Everybody got all their shopping done? I don't even know if I have shopping done. I haven't really paid any attention. Uh, so I, I may have gotten stuff for people, or I may not. I don't really know. Uh, but hopefully you get that finished up here soon. Uh, hopefully you've been doing some kind of uh, Christmas activities already, because I feel like it's almost already over. That's just how I feel. I just feel like everything's just going so fast this year. Uh, so just make sure you spend time with some family, enjoy the holiday a little bit. Uh, but today and, and the next week or two, I'm going to be doing uh, Christmas hymns for the hymn stories uh, for the Sunday School Hour. And I, personally, I wish it was Christmas all the time. I love Christmas. I love everything about Christmas. I love what it means. I love how um, people are open to talking about Christmas and Jesus. Uh, people that maybe aren't always open to it, people that don't consider themselves Christians, uh, are at least willing to listen and, uh, you know, occasionally you can still find on TV uh, a Christmas movie or show or something that actually has the true meaning of Christmas in it. We watched the, the Charlie Brown Christmas uh, yesterday, I think it was, or Friday it was, and they actually read Luke 2 or quote Luke 2 in there. And it's just uh, amazing that that actually was on TV for all those years with the actual Bible in it and the true meaning of Christmas in it. Now, I don't know if they still put it on TV or not, uh, but we have it on VHS and we have a VCR, so we put it in and we watch it. Once I slap the VCR enough times to get it to actually work, because it's trying to die and I'm not letting it, I got it on life support, we're going to make it. Uh, so, uh, But I, I just love how open people are about Christmas and, and Jesus this time of year, and we need to make sure that we use that as an open door to be able to talk to others about salvation. So we're going to look into the hymn, O Come, O Come, Emmanuel, this morning. Uh, we're going to look at the history of this hymn. We're going to look at what we know about the author. Uh, and actually, in this case, it's actually the translator of this hymn. Uh, and we'll also look at the scriptural basis for this hymn. So uh, I want to first look at the hymn together. So if you turn to 100 hymnal, and uh, we will look at O Come, O Come, Emmanuel. Number 102. All right, follow along as I read through the verses of this hymn. And we have four verses. It's believed the original had uh, more than that uh, through my research over the last week. Uh, I've I seen that it seems that when it was written, and we'll find out that it was written in a Latin here in just a minute, uh, that it had... Uh, six or seven verses to it, but uh, I just went with the four that we had in our hymnal that we can follow along with. Uh, so it says, O come, O come, Emmanuel, and ransom captive Israel that mourns in lowly exile here until the Son of God appear. Rejoice, rejoice, Emmanuel, shall come to thee, O Israel. And then verse two, O come, thou rod of Jesse, Free thine own from Satan's tyranny. From depths of hell thy people save and give them victory over the grave. Rejoice, rejoice, Emmanuel shall come to thee, O Israel. In verse 3, O come, thou dayspring, come and cheer our spirits by thine advent here and drive away the shades of night 
and pierce the clouds and bring us light. Rejoice, rejoice, Emmanuel shall come to thee, O Israel. In the fourth verse, O come, thou key of David, come, and open wide our heavenly home. Make safe the way that leads on high, and close the path to misery. Uh, rejoice, rejoice, Emmanuel shall come to thee, O Israel. And we'll look at each of those verses in a little more detail here in a minute. But first, I want to look at the history of this hymn. And we're going to look at the origin or the beginning of this hymn. And the origin is actually uh, from, it's actually a Latin hymn. Uh, you will notice in the bottom corner, bottom left corner of your hymnal there on that page, it'll say text and it will say uh, Latin hymn. Uh, so uh, we see there that it, it is actually originally written in Latin, and we'll talk about the translator of this to get it to English here in just a minute. Uh, but as we read through the lines of this song, as we read through those, you may have noticed that they all seemed like uh, four individual sentences about Jesus. Uh, these lines uh, developed as uh, expressions of spiritual truths that are found in God's Word, and they all have the same common theme, uh, and that is Jesus. Uh, we will look at the individual verses here in just a little bit, but uh, probably notice that these verses have titles or names of Jesus in them in each verse there. Uh, the hymn was originally just antiphons, which means that they were short sentences that were basically chanted uh, kind of in a song-like manner. Uh, this tells us that this hymn was not written like many other hymns, it wasn't like an author sat down and said, I want to write a hymn and I want to write it about this and, and I'm going to start and they just start working on that topic. It, it, this one was developed slightly different and it was developed over time. Uh, no one specifically sat down to write this hymn uh, individually like some other hymns. Uh, it developed, my best research found that it was developed in the 1100s. Uh, in old Latin churches with pretty much Catholic backgrounds, um, it would be sentences that they would chant or sing uh, in a very plain way. It's, it, it was said to have a, they called it a plain song or a plain chant tune to it. Uh, it was more like kind of uh, like a chant than a song so much. Uh, but it was done in the early 12th century church. Uh, some of the research I found said or indicated that it might have been earlier than that, the 8th or 9th century, so it is possible uh, that it's even older than that, uh, but it at least is from around the 1100s, maybe even earlier. Uh, it is said that these antiphons, that was the original uh, words of this song here, would be sung uh, seven days before Christmas in recognition of Jesus coming to earth. Uh, in this tradition uh, of singing these chants or antiphons, uh, it definitely dates way back and, and sometime along the way, the familiar words of O Come, O Come, Emmanuel was part of that tradition. Uh, again, this all happened in another language. Uh, that's where it all began. It was it was originally done in Latin. Uh, so that's how it this hymn started. Uh, but now I want to look at the translation of this song. If you look at your page there, if you look down in the bottom corner, you'll see that it was translated by John M. Neal. 
Uh, so I just have just a little bit of information about him. Uh, he translated this song into English sometime in the mid-1800s. Uh, uh, John Neal comes from a very religious family. Uh, his parents uh, worked and served in the church. His sister also worked and served in the church. They all believed in God, and they tried to use uh, their life to serve God. So he comes from a religious family. Uh, and John did most of his translation work in the late 40, uh, 1840s and the early 1850s, and that is most likely when he would have translated this hymn into English. Uh, John wrote uh, many Christian religious materials outside of translating uh, songs and other materials. Uh, he wrote many materials on the church specifically and church history. He also wrote poems and songs uh, along with all of the translation work that he did. Uh, John Neal had a talent of the pen, and, and that was given to him by God, and he used much of his time and energy in trying to use his talent for God. That's about all I have for you uh, for the history uh, of this hymn. And so now I want to look at the spiritual message in O Come, O Come, Emmanuel. This hymn is an Advent hymn. Uh, the purpose of this hymn was to emphasize the anticipation of the coming of Jesus to earth uh, to be born as a baby in Bethlehem. Uh, so I'm going to look at the prophecies of Jesus coming to earth. We probably know these somewhat well, uh, but I want to look at them anyway. So first turn to Genesis chapter 3, verse 15. Genesis 3.15. It says, And I will put enmity between thee and the woman, and between thy seed and her seed. It shall bruise thy head, and thou shalt bruise his heel. Uh, from the very beginning, God indicated that a Savior would come to earth. Uh, this is right after, this uh, we know, is right after Adam and Eve committed uh, the first sin. And after doing so, God knew that he would have to send his son to earth to be the savior of mankind. Uh, that is what this verse is an indication of. Now go ahead and turn to Isaiah chapter 7, verse 14. We'll look at another prophecy of the coming of Jesus. Isaiah chapter 7, verse 14. Isaiah 7.14 says, Therefore the Lord himself shall give you a sign. Behold, a virgin shall conceive and bear a son, and shall call his name Emmanuel. Uh, here in the book of Isaiah, we have a more direct prophecy of Jesus coming to earth to be the Savior of all who believe in him. This prophecy gives us uh, more information in the fact that Jesus will be born of a virgin and he will have the title uh, Emmanuel that will be given to him. Uh, now, the last one I will look at for now is Micah 5.2. Again, probably a pretty familiar verse with you, uh, Micah 5.2. Uh, we'll look at this last uh, prophecy of Jesus coming to earth. Micah 5.2 says, But thou, Bethlehem Ephrathah, though thou be little among the thousands of Judah, 
Yet out of thee shall he come forth unto me, that is to be ruler in Israel, whose goings forth have been from of old, from everlasting. So we have another prophecy of Jesus coming to earth. And this prof, in, in this prophecy, there is given more information, such as the location of Bethlehem, uh, where Jesus would be born. Uh, these are probably some of the more known prophecies of Jesus' birth. Uh, there are others. There's more in Isaiah. There's even some in Daniel. Uh, but the point is that uh, we know that hundreds of years before Jesus stepped off the throne in heaven, uh, that he was coming to earth to be savior of all that who, who believed in him. And that was prophesied about. We know hundreds of years before that even happened that people knew that. People were told that. And they would be looking forward to that. Faithful believers in God would have been looking forward to the coming of Christ. And uh, this is the very thought and purpose of the hymn, O Come, O Come, Emmanuel. Uh, you will see a verse under the title of the hymn there. Uh, it says Matthew one We're going to turn there uh, now, uh, but I'll start reading in Matthew chapter 1, verse 18. So feel free to turn there now. Matthew chapter 1, verse 18. All right, starting in verse 18, Matthew 1:18. Now the birth of Jesus Christ was on this wise when as his mother Mary was espoused to Joseph, before they came together she was found with child of the Holy Ghost. Then Joseph her husband being a just man and not willing to make her a public example, was minded to put her away privily. But while he thought on these things, behold, the angel of the Lord appeared unto him in a dream, saying, Joseph, thou son of David, fear not to take unto thee Mary thy wife, for that which is conceived in her is of the Holy Ghost. And she shall bring forth a son and shall call his name Jesus, for he shall save his people from their sins. Now all this was done that it might be fulfilled which was spoken of the Lord by the prophet, saying, Behold, a virgin shall be with child, and shall bring forth a son, and they shall call his name Emmanuel, which being interpreted is God with us. Then Joseph, being raised from sleep, did as the angel of the Lord had bidden him, and took him under unto him as his wife. And he knew her not till she had brought forth her firstborn son, and he called his name Jesus. Uh, so Joseph, he's being told these words by the angel uh, that God had sent to him. God sent this angel to Joseph to tell him these things uh, so he knows God's plan. Uh, we see that Joseph was somewhat unsure about this whole situation, but ultimately he believes in the words of the angel uh, who was speaking to him. And this angel was actually quoting Isaiah 7.14 to him. And, and, and to me, when I read this, I see that Joseph believed the word of God. When, when the angel spoke the actual words of God uh, that were recorded back in Isaiah 7.14, that's when Joseph believed. Uh, it just shows us the importance, and this is a message you know, for another day, but the importance of having God's word in our hearts and minds and ready to use uh, when needed because it can make a huge difference uh, in someone's life. Uh, so this is the spiritual message and theme of this hymn, the anticipation of Jesus coming to earth. Uh, now I'm going to look at the uh, meaning of the titles of Jesus that is given in each 
of these verses. Uh, so verse 1 of O Come, O Come, Emmanuel, it says, O Come, O Come, Emmanuel, and ransom captive Israel that mourns in lowly exile here until the Son of God appear. Rejoice, rejoice, Emmanuel shall come to thee, O Israel. Now we have uh, looked at a few verses that give Jesus the title Emmanuel. I want to look back at Matthew chapter 1 verse 23 real quick. It says, Behold, a virgin shall be with child and shall bring forth a son, and they shall call his name Emmanuel, which being interpreted is God with us. Uh, this gives us the meaning of this title of Jesus. Uh, Emmanuel means God with us. Uh, Jesus is coming to earth and this is an amazing thing. And many looked forward to this. Uh, the people that were alive before Jesus came, uh, they looked forward uh, to this event for hundreds of years before. Uh, but when the, the event actually took place, when Jesus actually came here, uh, it was an amazing thing. Uh, God the Son came to dwell with man uh, like God had wanted to do from the very beginning. Uh, this first verse references Israel in captivity. And, and when they were in captivity, how they longed for a Savior to save them from their captivity. Uh, they knew this Savior would one day be the Son of God. Uh, in applying this verse to us today... Uh, we know that Jesus has already come. He was already born. Uh, he, he died on the cross already he was, because he was rejected from his people. And we know that if we put our full trust and our faith in him as our Savior, that we gain righteousness through him. Uh, we know that Jesus already came and brought with him salvation. But we can also sing this hymn in anticipation of Jesus' return and for our rapture up to heaven. Uh, Matthew twenty four forty four says, Therefore, be ye also ready, for in such an hour as ye think not, the Son of Man cometh. Uh, this verse should remind us of the need to keep serving God. It should remind us of the need to stay close to God and to reach the lost because we don't know when Jesus is coming again. We don't know when we will be raptured out of here and there will be no more chance to do any of that at that point. So now let's look at verse 2. That was, uh, verse 1 was about the title Emmanuel for Jesus. Uh, verse 2, O come thou rod of Jesse, free thine own from Satan's tyranny, from depths of hell thy people save, and give them victory over the grave. Rejoice, rejoice, Emmanuel, shall come to thee, O Israel. Um, uh, go ahead and turn to Isaiah chapter 11, verse 1. I think uh, this is where we will find the reference for this second verse, uh, the rod of Jesse. Isaiah chapter 11, verse 1. It says in Isaiah 11:1, 1, And there shall come forth a rod out of the stem of Jesse, and a branch shall grow out of his roots. Now, if we had time this morning, uh, it would be fun and interesting, at least I think so, uh, to look at the family tree of Jesus and look at each branch of the tree and what happened uh, in their lifetime. I, I think that would be really cool. Obviously, it would take way too much time. Uh, if we did that, we could trace Jesus' heritage uh, from Jesus all the way back to Jesse, uh, like this second verse says here. 
Uh, and, and like it says in Isaiah 11.1, 1, uh, Matthew chapter 1 traces Jesus' family all the way back to Abraham. Uh, I think that's pretty cool. Uh, Luke chapter 3 follows uh, Jesus all the way back to Adam. And again, that you can't get any further back than that. That's pretty awesome. I like family trees. I like heritage. I, my uncle, um, he had this family tree for our family one time, and it went all the way back to the 1100s. And I thought that is pretty awesome. And somehow it got lost, just the kind of guy he was. <laughs> and uh, he never redid it, and he's gone now. So uh, it was really cool while it was there, though. Uh, but uh, I just think that stuff is kind of fun. I like genealogies. I like tracing family trees back through history. Uh, I think a lot of people don't find very much excitement in that, and that's okay, but I do. I just like to think of all that God did to make it all happen. Uh, how many events and how many choices had to be made for me to be here right now today? Uh, if you were to go back just ten generations, if you were to go back ten generations in my life, you would have to factor in all the lives and the decisions of 1,024 people for me to be here. I think that's really cool. Uh, if you were to go back 20 generations, that number jumps up to over 1 million people that were involved in, in, in for me to be able to be here now. And, and God had to orchestrate all of that for me to be here. And, and God had that all uh, planned out. He had all those people meeting. He had all those people meeting at the exact right time uh, when they should meet so that they would uh, you know, come together and get married and, and all of those things. All the decisions involved in all this is unthinkable. It's just so complicated. Uh, there's no way that we could plan all of that out. Uh, for uh, my kids, Marshall and Harper, to be here, uh, me and Autumn would have had to meet. Obviously, we did, and it went well because we're here and the kids are here. So, uh, all just for that to happen uh, was an impossible situation to set up. Uh, impossible for me, or impossible for us, maybe, but not impossible for God. I met Autumn working at Donut Connection. Uh, some of you probably know this story, uh, but it was a great job. All the donuts you could eat. Uh, so we met at Donut Connection, but. Uh, it wasn't just like we worked in the same place all the time. I worked in a completely different store. I didn't even know who she was or what her name was or anything. Uh, but I got called to the store that Autumn worked at because that day they just happened to get way too busy and they sold out of all their donuts and they needed someone to come in and make more donuts. Uh, and Autumn just so happened it, she couldn't be there till later in the day. And it just so happened that I was free and I had nothing to do because I was in college and I just had nothing to do all the time. And uh, so I was free. I was available. But not only that, I had to actually work there. I had to have a job there for him to be able to call me and say, hey, could you come in? And, and for me to get a job there was very complicated. Uh, I, I, I almost didn't get hired. Uh, I had to call three times just to get an interview. I was basically begging for the job uh, just to get there. I'm very glad I did. Uh, but I had to call three times to get the interview. I only applied to this job because my dad, who lives 100 miles away, just happened to get online one day and just happened to click on the Maslin uh, newspaper and read the Help Wanted ads and seeing that they needed someone uh, to work midnights, which worked out perfect for a guy in college uh, because I could be there, you know, at midnights. And, and, 
I don't know how that happened. I don't know why my dad was reading the mass one. I, he knew I was here, but like, why would I, I don't know. Why would you read a newspaper for another city, you know? And, and, and how was the, uh, the job, uh, in that newspaper that he was reading that day? It's just so complicated. How could all of that happen? Uh, you know, I was only in Maslin because I went to Bible college. I didn't grow up here. I knew nothing about Maslin before I came, other than they really liked football. Somehow I knew that. But other than that, I knew nothing about Maslin. And for me to go to Bible college is an amazing story. And I, w- I won't keep going. I mean, I could go for hours on how all this worked out in uh, every individual decision and, and all the choices and all the events that took place. Uh, some of them I had control over, although I didn't know what would, it would cause you know, down the road, I, I had some control over what college I chose to go to, uh, although I only applied to one and got into one, and that's what happened. Uh, but I could have applied to others. I could have went somewhere else. But I wouldn't have known that going to college would uh, have me work at Donut Connection. I had no clue. I didn't even know what a Donut Connection was before I came here. So the point is that all of these things uh, that I had control over and some I didn't, God had it all taken care of. God had it all planned out. God knew every part. That's why I like genealogy. That's why I got into this whole thing. Uh, because uh, God had a part in every single one of those names in that genealogy. As you read through, God had every single thing planned out all along the way from Adam all the way to Jesus. And I think that's awesome. Uh, so, uh, moving on here, uh, verse 2 here of O Come, O Come, Emmanuel gives us Jesus' title, the Rod of Jesse. Uh, with the birth of Jesus, uh, who came from the family line of Jesse, you can trace him back to Jesse. Uh, and uh, we have this prophecy fulfilled, uh, the prophecy from Isaiah 11, verse 1. Verse 2 of this hymn also talks about uh, Jesus' power over Satan. And, and I'm glad that Jesus has power over Satan and power to save souls from hell. Uh, praise God that Jesus was born for us. Uh, now let's look at verse 3 of O Come, O Come, Emmanuel. It says, O come, thou dayspring, come and cheer our spirits by thine advent here and drive away the shades of night and pierce the clouds and Bring us light. Rejoice, rejoice. Emmanuel shall come to thee, O Israel. So we have verse 3 here. And uh, when Zechariah was given his voice back after the birth of John the Baptist, the first thing he does is he prophesies about his son, John the Baptist, and how he's going to be a prophet for Jesus, who is the Savior. And in doing this, Zechariah says, about Jesus, he says in Luke chapter 1, verse 78 and 79, he says, uh, Through the tender mercy of our God, whereby the dayspring from on high hath visited us, to give light to them that sit in darkness, and in the shadow of death, to guide our feet into the way of peace. Now, we know that in coming to earth, Jesus brought with him the new covenant, uh, which is what the term dayspring is referencing here. Uh, dayspring means to bring new, arise new. Jesus is the new covenant to us. Uh, the old covenant was over in Jesus' death. This new covenant is uh, salvation through Jesus. 
I'm so thankful for Jesus and for this new covenant. Uh, if you read through the Old Testament, and I know many of us have, and we see what was required for obtaining righteousness, uh, and there was a lot required, uh, a lot of laws you had to follow and do things properly and, and sacrifices properly. Uh, and, and then you read the New Testament, and you see how we can obtain righteousness through Jesus. And Jesus did all the work for us. Jesus did all that work for us. All we need to do is believe and trust in Him. John 8, 12 says, Then spake Jesus unto them, saying, I am the light of the world. He that followeth me shall not walk in darkness, but shall have the light of life. Uh, The rest of verse 3 here starts off with the day spring of uh, title for Jesus. But the rest of verse 3 here of this hymn uh, talks about Jesus being the light and Jesus driving away the darkness. Uh, We can also see a glimpse of Jesus' return in this verse in the phrase of pierce the clouds. Uh, there at, towards the bottom it says, pierce the clouds. Uh, Matthew 26, 64, Jesus saith unto them, Thou hast said, nevertheless, I say unto you, hereafter shall ye see the Son of Man sitting on the right hand of power and coming in the clouds of heaven. In Revelation 1, 7, behold, he cometh with clouds and every eye shall see him. Now, I imagine uh, Jesus' return as the brightest light you can imagine. And it's shining right through those clouds. So bright that you can see it straight through the clouds. I love when you look up in the sky and the sun's up there behind the clouds. And you can see those rays of light through the clouds. I love seeing that. I just think of God up there and Jesus and shining the light down on us. Uh, I love seeing that. Uh, I, I imagine... Uh, that this will be somewhat similar to how Jesus returns to take us up to heaven. First Thessalonians 4.17 Then we which are alive and remain shall be caught up together with them in the clouds to meet the Lord in the air, and so shall we ever be with the Lord. Uh, as we read and as we sing the words of that third verse here, uh, we can even get a glimpse of being brought through the clouds to meet Jesus up in the air. Now let's look at the fourth verse. It says, O come, thou key of David, come, and open wide our heavenly home. Make safe the way that leads on high, and close the path to misery. Rejoice, rejoice, Emmanuel, shall come to thee, O Israel. Uh, I think that the, the, the phrase uh, or the title, Key of David, comes from Isaiah 22, 22. You can turn there if you want. I'll read it for you. It says, And the key of the house of David will I lay upon his shoulder, so he shall open, and none shall shut, and he shall shut, and none shall open. We know that Jesus is the only way to heaven. Jesus has the only key to gain access to heaven. Uh, John 10, 9, I am the door by me. If any man enter in, he shall be saved and shall go in and out and find pasture. Uh, if you put your faith and trust in Jesus, your path to heaven is made sure. Uh, there is no more path to misery, like the verse says. There's no more path to hell once you put your trust and faith in Jesus. Uh, Romans 8, 1, There is therefore now no condemnation to them which are in Christ Jesus, uh, who walk not after the flesh, but after the Spirit. We have a form of safety in Jesus that we cannot have without Jesus. We are secure in Jesus and safe in Jesus. There is no need to worry if we have Jesus because we are sure of our eternity. 
our path, the destination at the end of our path is set. It's determined. It will not change. Uh, this fourth verse also talks about looking toward a heavenly home. Jesus says in John 14, In my Father's house are many mansions. If it were not so, I would have told you, I go to prepare a place for you. And if I go and prepare a place for you, I will come again and receive you unto myself. And there will I, where I am, there ye may be also. Jesus is making a place for anyone who believes in him. Uh, there's a place in heaven for everyone if they choose to believe in Jesus. Hebrews 13:14. For here we have no continuing city, but we seek one to come. This world is not our home. Another good song, uh, maybe another day. But this world is not our home. Uh, as a child of God, we have no home here. This is temporary. This is not it. This is not our permanent place. We have a home. It's coming. It's in heaven. We will get there. We have an eternal home in heaven. Philippians 3, 20 and 21. For our conversation is in heaven, from whence also we look for the Savior, the Lord Jesus Christ, who shall change our vile body that it may be fashioned like unto his glorious body, according to the working whereby he is able even to subdue all things unto himself. What a wonderful day we have to look forward to. Uh, when we get to heaven and, and all these things of earth are gone, this temporary place that isn't really all that great anymore anyways, and we get to heaven and it's all gone, how amazing is that day going to be? Uh, so we've considered the wonderful spiritual meanings in this hymn, and we have looked at all the titles of Christ uh, that are in this hymn and, and how they were appointed to him. And we looked at the wonderful meaning of the verses and the words in this hymn. Uh, so when we sing this song, uh, we can think about the first time Jesus came to earth and, and the anticipation of Jesus coming to be the Savior uh, and, and being born in Bethlehem and all the amazing things that uh, did happen when he came and what that means for us still today. We can also sing this hymn and think about our heavenly home that Jesus is preparing for us right now. We can read these words and sing these words and realize the amazing anticipation we have of Jesus' return. And most importantly, our trip to meet him in the clouds to live with him forever. Uh, I don't know how that's going to go. I'm excited for that. Uh, I hope... Uh, that my fears of heights and all that stuff disappear on the way up. So, you know, I don't think I'll be worried about that at all. But just how amazing is that going to be, just meeting Jesus up in the clouds? Uh, so, as we sing this hymn this morning, we're going to sing it in just a minute. Uh, let's remember all these things and all, all that these words stand for and how great and how wonderful Jesus is and all that he did for us and, and, and still doing for us now and how we wait for the uh, coming of Jesus again. So we're going to sing 110.